So we actually started a nonprofit this year called Branches with Blessings. So now we run everything through Branches with Blessings when we give money to someone that's not a nonprofit, right? When we give money to a church or the Salvation Army, you know, that's a write-off. That's that's easy because they're a 5013C nonprofit. Now that when we give money to, you know, certain people that are in need and match the criteria that we're looking for, you know, we run it through branches with blessings. And so now our money can go farther. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, community activist, business leader, speaker, author, or just an awesome person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you, the listener, that you can make an impact no matter where you are. My guest this week is Robert Craig. He is a producer, writer, and founder of Robert Craig Films. He's producing films that are changing lives with stories that create awareness, inspire, and uplift. A number of his films, notably the internationally acclaimed movie, The Lost Girls, streamed on the Lifetime channel. His films address real world issues such as child trafficking, bullying, and homelessness, and are handled delicately so families can watch together and open up conversations about different life choices. Craig's faith in God has led him to a unique and much needed niche in the filmmaking industry, bringing together top names to write and act in inspirational family films that are purpose-driven and show faith in God. He started out as a successful entrepreneur selling gutters, and he ended up creating films. His story is incredibly inspirational and really shows the importance of persistence, of never giving up on a dream, and I think you're really going to be encouraged. But before I get to my conversation with Robert, I want to thank our partner of the show who's able to help make it happen, and that is Mama Suds. If you've been listening to the show, you know how much I love Mama Suds. They are a non-toxic cleaning brand. And I love that this mama owned company, Michelle Smith, head mama has been on the show before you should go listen to that episode. It is a company where all of the ingredients are safe, clean, non-toxic, natural, but most importantly, they actually work. We use their Castile soap, their all-purpose household cleaner, their stain stick. Let me tell you, that stuff gets out anything. I love Mama Suds and I want you to love them too. So head on over to mamasuds.com, use the coupon code MOLLY, and that gets you 15% off your order. That's mamasuds.com coupon code Molly, and that gets you 15% off your order. Now on to my conversation with Robert Craig. Robert, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for being here. No, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I am really, really excited about this conversation for so many reasons. Um, but I, I let's I want to just dive right in because I am just fascinated by what you do for a living and kind of how you got to where you are. So in order to do that, I'm going to have you give us the Robert one-on-one. So tell us who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are today. You got it. So my name is Robert Craig. I'm with Robert Craig uh, Films. I've been wanting to produce movies for probably over 30 years, and uh, actually well over 30 years. But way back then, I wanted to do it uh, to get rich and famous and to be a movie star. And, you know, I was a Christian uh, back then. Of course, I'm a Christian now, too, of course. 
believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. But back then, I think that my attitude was wrong. And God said, well, you know what? If that's really what's on your heart, that's really cool. I think I can use you on that. But I think we need to work on your attitude. Mm. I think we need to work on maybe uh, other things in your life so that I can actually use you. And so the last 30 years, I kind of been on a journey uh, where the Lord is just kind of molding me in a bunch of different ways through failures and successes. Of course, I look at failures as a success because that's how you learn how to be a success is through failures, right? So don't do it again. So um, from like 1992 to 2002, I started a tree care company in the San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose uh, Bay Area. And as that was actually pretty successful, and I sold it in 2002. And uh, but in 1996, I started my gutter company, where we do everything uh, gutter related, gutter cleaning gutters. Uh, I know this is kind of far from movies, but I'll I'll tie it in. No, I love it. And so in 1996, we started out with gutter cleaning. Then we soon added gutter repairs. Uh, gutter installations. I mean, we really did lots of gutter cleaning. We had large contracts uh, with homeowner associations, apartment complexes, commercial buildings, uh, even Stanford University. We cleaned well over 5 million feet of gutter. During that time, we found a lot of gutter guards on top of the gutters because the leaves were coming through the gutter guards and so they weren't working. And so we realized from field experience that there was a need and that was to invent a stainless steel micro mesh gutter guard that does work. And so we invented that in 2003 and that actually worked out really well. I'm very thankful that my dad taught me that quality is really, really important. And so we poured everything into the product. Kind of a long story short, with the gutter business, um, I got 30 patents so far to date. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, in just unique technology that's in, um, you know, the gutter guard industry and and related accessories. Uh, Consumer Reports magazine rated our product number one out of 19 gutter guards that they tested. That's kind of our claim to fame. I mean, it's every manufacturer's dream to have a product (laughs) rated by Consumer Reports. It's like, oh my God, and then to get number one. It was all a surprise. They, you know, secretly bought our product as well as the other 19 uh, competitors. And uh, and so another dream of any manufacturer is really to have their products sold in, you know, Costco. And, uh, you know, and that was my dream, too. So towards uh, 2008 and 2009, we reverse engineered my own product and made more of a DIY version of our stainless steel micro mesh gutter guard. And so we're basically sold in most of the Costco stores in the U.S. And uh, we're also sold in Home Depot, Sam's Club, uh, Lowe's. And so it's like, oh, my gosh, this is fabulous. Lord, what are you teaching me here? Hope. Hopefully I'm learning stuff. But the most interesting thing about it is that that was not where my passion was. I still wanted to make movies. Yeah. So anytime I had an opportunity to produce anything film related in my manufacturing company, um, I would produce commercials and I just loved it, you know, and uh, infomercials, educational videos, uh, even a mini documentary. So I I, I, I dabbled in, in the industry, but it never went away. The passion was always there. And I, I figured God was still kind of driving me, but my time wasn't yet. But I knew at some point that I would leave my gutter guard company. And so I groomed a CEO uh, to come on board over the last like five or six years. We worked out a deal. He's running my gutter guard company. Uh, we have a large manufacturing facility in California and a large manufacturing facility in Tennessee and our corporate offices in Tennessee. 
And uh, so he's running it. I'm still a major shareholder, but now I'm, I guess you could say I'm living my dream, right? A couple of years ago, I finally founded Robert Craig Films. So the time was right. I felt released by the Lord. Now my attitude is completely different. It's not about me. You know, it's about God and it's about people who are lost. All I want to do with my films now is try to help God in whatever way that I can as a tool that he can use to help build his kingdom. To me, that's more important. And whether I live another day or a year or 20 years, that's such a small part of really what it adds up to when you go to heaven. And I get it now. So we want to use our films to uh, be inspirational, just have really great messages with them and uh, inspired uh, by true stories where, where possible. Sorry, that's kind of the long-winded version of who Robert Craig is. I probably left a lot out, like, okay, I'm married. <laughs> I got, I've got a couple of kids, and they're wonderful. Well, I love it. I, I love your uh, your answer. And But one of the things that really struck me that you said towards of the, be- the beginning of your introduction was how you had had this dream, this, this vision, this goal of filmmaking. And it was always this passion that had burned deep within you, but God had very clearly told you not yet. And, you know, you kind of took a roundabout way. I can't say that, uh, I know many filmmakers, uh, who, you know, got into filmmaking by way of gutter guards, but, uh, (laughs) but, it almost reminded me of like the parable of the talents of this idea of are you stewarding well what God has given you in the moment and that you who is faithful with a, a few things can eventually be um, faithful with much or faithful with more. And I am curious to you, you know, to hear from your perspective when you had this passion that had been brewing deep within in you for all of these years where you just wanted to make films and you wanted to, um, you know, create in that way. What was that like where you were when you were in that season of waiting and kind of waiting to for the right time, the right opportunity, the the right yes uh was there ever a time where you felt frustrated or maybe like had conversations with God, like, God, you know, this is what I want to do, <laughs> you know, and I'm here working on gutter guards. I'm just curious, like, what what was that process like for you? I occasionally would have conversations wondering when, and I use kind of the phrase, Lord, when are you going to release me? When, when are you going to release me? I'm, I would say that I was patient. Really, because I, I realized that God had me do something in the gutter guard space. And I know that we blessed a lot of people there, right? So it wasn't like I wasn't being used. I often wondered, when is my time? Uh, back in 2007, uh, a friend of mine uh, was producing a movie and said, hey, do you want to help? And I was like, oh my gosh, of course I want to help, but I don't know if I can. I don't know if it's time for me. You know, I did praying and all of that, talked to the Lord and I actually worked on the film. I came uh, with it after it was already produced. I needed a little bit of financial help and some guidance and marketing. I poured myself into the film and the timing wasn't right. 
you know, and I, I spent a bunch of money. I, I actually used our equity line of credit from our home, you know, for using financing on the film. And I'm thinking, okay, this is okay to do that. So getting back to your question, stewardship, I wasn't really a great steward and I was still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never do that again. I learned a lot from that because it wasn't my time. The movie really didn't go anywhere. I mean, it's, you know, we were able to get it sold and really make any money on it. And, you know, it's in distribution. Um, it was a low budget, right? Wondering if that was my time. And it wasn't my time, but I learned a lot from that. But I was very, very in tune to want to make sure that when the timing was right, I can tell the timing is right because my heart is so different now than it was back then. Uh, I would say one of the key times when the Lord, through this 30 years of teaching, I was wondering if it was going to be 40 years like the Israelites. I'm thankful. I'm thankful it was only 30 years. Um, <laughs> You know, just kind of wondering, you know, what, what what the Lord is going to do with me and, and kind of unsure where I'm supposed to go. In December of 2012, while running the Gutter Guard Company, um, it really absorbed a lot of uh, money and, and time and resources. And it was really challenging for us. And our consultant said at the time, you know what, you know, you might go bankruptcy. You don't really do exactly what we tell you, but you, you could still go bankrupt. And that was when I was kind of at the bottom of my bucket. This is kind of what I say. The Lord kind of took everything away and said, okay, this is your last chance. And then I realized the things that I needed to improve on, the things that I wasn't being obedient on to the Lord. And I, there was a couple of them, but one of the main ones was tithing. During that time period, I was tithing when it was convenient for me. I mean, really, I mean, if I had money in the bank, you know, I might give a little bit, certainly not 10%. Yeah. I would give something. When that happened and I got that information from my consultant, I just realized, oh my gosh, I wasn't being obedient in tithing. And starting in January of 2013, I've been overly obedient in giving 10% uh, tithing to my income uh, and then some. And it was interesting that God was nurturing a gift within me and my wife. And we I didn't really know it. We love to give and to help people. We do that quite a bit now. And 15 years ago, I'd go, you're crazy. Why would I give that person $1,500 just because they're on dialysis, because they have kidney problem? Why, why would I do that? Mm. Yeah, I've got compassion for it. But we do a lot of philanthropy type work. And we're so happy to do this. The Lord has inspired us because it's a part of what we can do to help build God's kingdom. We help out lots of organizations. We help lots of people. And it's kind of interesting getting back to, uh, you know, being a good steward with what God gives us. So, you know, we found ourselves over the last couple of years really giving, you know, a lot of money to just people in dire straits, dire need. They can't pay their their PG&E bill. They they don't have a car. They can't make their car payment. And so we're making, we're paying all these people money. And we're like, geez, I wish that could be a write-off because if it was... I would be a better steward with the money that the Lord's giving us. So we actually started a nonprofit this year called Branches with Blessings. And now we run everything through Branches with Blessings when we give money to someone that's not a nonprofit, right? When we give money to a church or the Salvation Army, you know, that's a write-off. That's that's easy because they're a 5013C nonprofit. Now that when we give money to, you know, certain people that are in need and match the criteria that we're looking for, you know, we run it through branches with blessings. And so now our money can go farther. <laughs> Sorry for that long-winded answer. No, again. no, I love it. And and I, again, I think it, 
uh, it illustrates the whole point I was talking about was just like, it was a journey for you. It was a learning journey for you to get to a point where you were being obedient. And I liked that you used uh, that word and just trusting and growing both in, um, you know, your, your spiritual maturity and um, in your relationship with the Lord and, yeah, I mean that's a that's a process and that's really hard for people is to get to that point where they're really surrendering everything over. And so often we get into this um pattern of behavior where we white knuckle certain aspects of our lives and we just refuse to release it and to hand it over and say, "All right, Lord, like I'm going to let you use this part of my life and this part of my life and this part of my life and you have control of my wallet and you have control of my family and you have control of my marriage and you have control of my job and all these things and like that's really hard. It's a, it takes time. <laughs> it is, you know, it's a it's a continuing process. So you obviously you have always had this passion was the passion for filmmaking and creating was that something that you like do you remember having that passion within you as long as you can you know look back in your life or where did that passion stem from i've always been a creative person and um, i enjoy the creative part of life it started early on in my, uh, I think, early 20s, I had some challenges in my life that kind of made me want to express myself a little bit more. So I took some modeling classes, I took some acting classes, you know, and I did a little bit of modeling and acting and whatnot. And it was kind of through that that I realized that I really enjoyed that. And then once I started taking some on-camera video classes, I was like, oh my gosh, I really like this. And then I began to learn a little bit more about production. It was like, wow, I really like that too. Um, it all kind of goes in with the creative creativity. You know, it's like what uh, Proverbs 16, verse uh, 9. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. So my course was the entertainment industry, but I didn't know what. And so the Lord was directing my steps as far as what he wanted me to do. And through all of my life's experiences, they have uh, directed me to the path of wanting to produce uh, films. If I can give some advice to your audience, you know, most people who are Christians and believe the Lord, and, and I say this out of passion because it happened to me, I say it as experience. I really think it's important that we need to give back to the Lord. I mean, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 through 12 clearly states to, you know, hey, test God and um, he, he will open this, you know, the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't have enough room for it, mm -hmm. you know, and he'll prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not cast their fruits. Then you will be a, um, a delightful land, uh, says the Lord. And it's like, well, how does, how does, of course, he's being, you know, kind of symbolic. How does he tell pests not to destroy your crops? Well, that's a miraculous thing. It's something that you or I, nobody can understand. We cannot comprehend. It requires faith. So for me, I had to wait till I was almost, you know, bankrupt before I started tithing fully. And it's like when you're, when you're, you know, that challenged with finances, that's when you would think that you don't tithe. But it was like God and the spirit really kind of showed me. So my advice to your listeners would be just test God out, you know, give back to him. You will be really surprised. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you know, always reward you with finances. It could be a number of different ways. It could be, yeah. you know, supernatural blessings of peace and joy. 
but he will take care of you. So you don't need to worry about it. Yeah. That, I mean, that was my story. That was my story is, you know, I mean, I didn't come to faith till I was in my mid twenties and I was tens of thousands of dollars in consumer credit card debt. And I was, uh, you know, at the, the bottom of rock bottom, if that makes sense. And, um, and yeah, that's when I, uh, came to faith and I felt challenged by the Lord to start tithing, even though financially it did not make a lick of sense in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Um, yeah. And I could, I could go off on an entire tangent on that. It really is. Um, but it's, it, it taught me so much just about surrender and it really is what helped me shift my heart posture and, uh, and, and really begin to work on <laughs> everything from the inside out. <laughs> So you, you know, you, you left sort of your, um, entrepreneur, I mean, although you're, you're still an entrepreneur, even in the filmmaking world, but you know what I mean? More in the, the corporate, uh, you know, businessy side of your life that, um, you know, you kind of put, started to put that behind you and you've gotten into making films. And so talk about what life looks like for you now. You're, um, you started Robert Craig films and you guys produce, uh, just incredible, um, you know, faith driven projects. And, um, what is your, you know, what, what does life look like for you now? And and what is your, your hope and prayer and vision for it going forward? Sure. So a couple of years ago when I founded Robert Craig films, uh, obviously the first thing is we need to get a script. So I did our lots of due diligence and reviewed tons of, uh, you know, full length feature screenplays and reviewed many of them but through the process of due diligence we kind of let almost all of them go right because after you know i learned so much from the gutter guard business business strategy and you know, at least at least hopefully the necessary steps for trying to become successful at whatever you do and i pr- applied those learnings to uh, finding a script and to making movies because to me making a movie I like to simplify it and I'm just making another widget. It's, it's really all I'm doing. So it's really very similar business strategies. I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. So we went straight to Hollywood and looked for consultants in the entertainment industry. And of course, we found them. And, you know, we were very fortunate to have the wherewithal to just hire a consultant to kind of guide us through. And so we partnered up with a film director, producer, writer, uh, Julia Verdon, who's been in the industry for over 30 years. And we hired her on as a consultant. We actually had a few others that we hired on as consultants too. Uh, And then we kind of gravitated to primarily working with her. And she had several screenplays on board and she had a a sex trafficking film that she needed some help with. I mean, the film was already done, but here is kind of my marketing strategy kind of coming into it that I know that I can help her with. So we helped her out with a little bit of money to do some uh, more editing on this particular film called uh, The Lost Girls. In talking with her and her distributor, we were able to get a lifetime on board where they made us an, or they made her an offer, and we partnered uh, with her on that. And um, and it was all uh, this whole thing was nonprofit; it was not equity based. Yeah. So we didn't make any money. We contributed money to this film that was made through her nonprofit company, and we felt really great about it because of the cause and the story, and also learning, right? I mean, that was fabulous. So Lifetime picked it up, and they aired it, and it's still on their streaming platform, and we got a we got a credit uh, executive producer, so that was kind of cool. 
And then she had another film that was, happens to be on sex trafficking. And it's not like I was looking for a sex trafficking film to be a movie that we wanted to work with. It just, God, I'm telling you, God was directing our steps. Mm. That's exactly what was happening because she shared with us about Maya early on. And just through our due diligence, we we passed on it. But it's so funny, it came back in our face, right? But this time, not as an equity-based opportunity, but that is a donation-based. So we came on with the film before it filmed. And we were we were one of their large donors, uh, contributors for it. So she could actually get the film made. And we got some producer credits out of it. And also uh, many members of my production team, we went down, we worked on the film for, you know, a couple of weeks or a few weeks. And so we all learned and oh my gosh, it was wonderful learning experience. We loved it. It's currently, uh, the movie is called Maya and uh, it's in post and we did submit it to Sundance. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Uh, Always got to have high hopes. Yeah. And so um, it, it will, we're hoping to have a theatrical release probably by the middle of, of next year. Ironically, uh, Julia Verdon had another film, and this film was about the homeless. And so we were, uh, when she originally shared that with me, we, we actually passed uh, because we're already working on another film called Amy and Angel. So now I'm kind of mentioning four films. We have The Lost Girls. We have Maya, we have No Addresses is a homeless film, and we have Amy and Angel. Ironically, Julia wrote all of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we uh, entered into uh, agreements to to acquire Amy and Angel, and, and then later on we decided to take on the homeless film. Um, but let me go to Amy and Angel, then I'll go back to the homeless film. Uh, one of the things that Robert Craig films that we bring to the table that we didn't really find in Hollywood, uh, right? Uh, anytime I think that you start a new business, well, what I do is I go into the industry and see what's missing, what's lacking, what can I bring to the table? Because you really need to bring something to the table that's unique and different. Otherwise, you're just going to be like everybody else and you're not going to stand out. Right. And one of the main ingredients to being successful in business is you, you want to stand out, of course, in a positive way. And so I'm a huge fan, believer on marketing and promotion. I mean, big time. So we, I decide, you know what? We're going to build an audience of millions and millions of people, which we're like way off yet, but we've, or we've started an audience that wants to watch our films. And we're not going to wait till after the movie's done to build this audience. We're going to start now, even though we haven't even filmed anything of it. So with Amy and Angel, that was kind of my mindset. And I realized that that was lacking in, in independent producers. Time and time again, we talked to independent producers and I'm going, so what are you doing? Oh, we're making this really great film and we're going to find a distributor to do all of our marketing for us. I get that. That's kind of the way they've done it, but there's like so many horror stories with that where the producers never made their money back because they relied on someone else to do the marketing. So I said, that's not going to happen to me. So, so we're going down two paths with all of our films. Uh, One path is for self-distribution. If we don't get a studio to give us a deal that we agree with, Um, but if we do get a studio that we want to do a deal with, we want to be able to be the best widget on the block for them to choose from. Because yeah. I'm envisioning in my head, if we pitch to them a film and you know they're getting pitched another hundred films from independent producers every month, what's going to make us stand out against the others? I mean, we're going to have celebrities in our films. 
And the producers of these other movies, you know, they're probably going to have celebrities too. It's going to be very well written. And theirs is probably too. It's going to be very well directed. Theirs is probably, okay, how are we going to stand out? Right. Well, we're going to have millions of customers. So when we approach the studios, it's not just our film, but hey, here's two or three or four million people that we've been nurturing the relationships with and they're ready to buy. And oh, by the way, here's 40 articles that the media has published on us uh, so the news is already out there and that's that's what we're doing we're getting like media everywhere because our mindset is to start now way before we even produce or film the film as opposed to afterwards and so with amy and angel uh just to give you an idea of how creative that we, we believe that we are and amy and angel it's about a 16 year old deaf girl who wears cochlear implants and she loves to dance. And so she is with uh, a dance class and a dance crew where they're putting together uh, a dance performance for a national TV talent show. It's inspired by true events from Britain's Got Talent. And she gets, the storyline goes that she gets bullied out of the class and she mm. goes home. She's sad. And while she's upstairs crying out her window, she hears this dog barking across the street. She goes across the street to console with the dog and they become friends and like magically the dog can dance and over the course of time they get a dance routine together and it's absolutely amazing and so they decide to have their own talent routine and they compete on a national tv talent show and lo and behold they continue the other dance crew is also competing on the same show and so the bullying continues so amy and angel amy's the girl angel's the dog but to find the dog, we originally thought, well, let's just go with a Hollywood dog talent agency, which we did. And then I immediately pulled the plug soon afterwards because I'm thinking, oh, my God, let's turn this into a global talent search for a dog. So that's what we did. So <laughs> we decided to put money behind it, $25,000 first prize, $10,000 second prize, and $2,500 third prize. And even though we haven't started the competition yet, we hired a national a contest administrator to do all the legal work. And they've done that. We've actually paid the money to them and it's an escrow just kind of waiting. So we're going to have this national or global talent search. And we're really, 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 really excited about that. Uh, we we believe we're, it's going to be a home run and because we know that people want to have their dog in a movie. Yeah. And, and that's just an example. So, so my advice to any business owner or even producers, you know, marketing, it's really, it's everything. My philosophy on business, half of it is on the importance of what you sell and half of it is on the importance of marketing. And if you're doing 98% on building your product and 2% on marketing, you need to redo that. What you, you need to do half and half. My advice to you is whatever, because most most people say is, well, I got a business and I don't really know, there's no really marketing stuff, you know, social media ads, right? I mean, we do that, but you need to go outside the box, think of stuff that's in addition to that. Yeah. Evaluate your business really closely. Just start over again and think, what can you do about your company that's that's marketable? Because if you're doing just the normal status quo of what everybody else does, you're not going to stand out. So really, really think, what can you do? Like what I did with the dog, we turned it into a talent search. You know, and there's, you know, there's several other things that we're, we're doing as well, too. So just really get creative. And I highly, highly, highly recommend that you get a PR person involved, 
that can handle all the stories that can be turned into press releases. And you send those out to the world as far as or wherever sphere of influence as you do in business to get media attention. Be really careful on who you choose. There's some PR firms that will charge way too much money and they give you only a little service. But if you look enough, you will find the right PR person who sees your vision. And when you bring that person on board, then you have collaborative marketing PR meetings with them and you share with them, hey, this is what I'm doing. What do you think? There's a story. And that creative PR person who writes stories for a living and tells the media will be a a really good collaborative partner for you to help to understand what are the things that you can create a promotion or an event or, or, or marketing on. Uh, sorry, I, I always apologize. Get long-winded again. No, <laughs> no, it's okay. No, never apologize. You're all good. Well, I, like I said, I mean, I just think what you're doing is is really innovative, and and you're really hitting a pulse point for um, there's a need and a desi- and a desire right now for good quality, family friendly content and content that is inspirational and content that is um, that connects and you know, really hits to the, uh, you know, your emotional side and just all of those things. I mean, there's just, there's this need. And, um, I mean, I remember a couple of months ago, you know, my husband and I, we try to do one-on-one dates with our kids and, you know, we were looking like, maybe we'll take the kids to a movie or something like that. And we were just looking at, I mean, there was just nothing. There's just nothing. I mean, there was like a Minions movie and it's like, okay, well, it's like the seventh Minions movie. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's so hard to find films and content that everybody can enjoy. And, um, you know, in the whole family from my six-year-old to my, you know, you know, me and my husband in our late thirties. And, uh, so it really, you're, you're hitting on a pulse point that so many, uh, especially, you know, and then of course in the Christian space as well to have kind of faith-based content, you know, it really is, it really is key. So, um, I, I, I'm just so encouraged and inspired by it. And so, um, but if people are, listening and they want to, you know, support your films or they want to, uh, you know, see some of the content that you guys have produced and and kind of give you some of that buy-in, what's the best way that they can do that? Thank you so much for asking. I would love it if they would go to our website, robertcraigfilms.com and subscribe to our newsletter. And of course, there you see all of our, well, all, all of our films are, most of our films have independent websites as well too. So I would love it if they would go to robertcraigfilms.com and subscribe to our newsletter and they'll get all the updates of our films coming out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Robert, uh, before we get to the get to know you round, is there anything else that you want to just kind of leave us with or, 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 you know, any challenges you want to say, or just, you know, what you're really praying about or working on in the next uh, year and like what's on the horizon for you? Okay, I think probably two things. You know, thank you. If you uh, you and your listeners continue to pray that we will be following what the Lord wants us to do with all these films, because, uh, you know, we're, I'm going into a land that I've never gone before. And, you know, I, I'm always wondering sometimes, God, are you sure you want me to do this? So prayer for wisdom and direction and guidance. But I think for a word of encouragement that I'd like to give your listeners uh, as kind of a final little uh, message is don't give up. Mm. Whatever you're passionate about, There's always going to be challenges in the way, especially when the evil one is going to try and block what you want to do, specifically if it's what God wants you to do. I would say continue praying. Don't give up. When you 
tried to do it 10 ways and it's not really being successful, give it another different 10 ways to try it. And I think Edison tried to invent a light, a light bulb like 2,000 ways and yeah. got 2,000 ways. Uh, you failed 2,000 times. And of course, we all know his comeback was, no, I found 2,000 ways on how not to make a light bulb. On my gutter guards, you know, I, it's probably up to 50 or more times when I'm, you know, try to uh, invent to make it work just right. I mean, it sounds simple, but it's it's not. There's really a lot of different ways we tried to make it and it didn't work and it didn't work, but I just couldn't give up. There was something inside me that said, don't give up, don't give up. Man, did I try Uh, just lots and lots and lots. And now 30 patents later, you know, being rewarded for stuff that's not out there. So my advice for your listeners and the audience watching, whatever you're passionate about, just don't give up. Hmm. Don't give up. Mm, that's such good advice. Such good advice. All right, Robert. Well, now is the portion of the show where we ask some fun, just kind of lighthearted get to know you questions. So Robert, are you ready for the get to know you round? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> what is one thing that has happened in the past year that is either particularly memorable or impactful? So before I went down to Los Angeles to help in the filming of the Maya film, mm-hmm. you know, everything was just coming at me. Like, I don't, do, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? I mean, I mean, I have moments, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? I mean, I'm passionate about it. But you still have those moments. And I decided that I was just going to go down there for just two or three days of the filming. And it was almost a three week shoot. It was a three week shoot. And that morning, it was either Monday or Tuesday morning, I wrote it down in my journal what day it was. Uh, I don't always say to people, hey, God told me this, because I don't want to be, hey, God told me this, God told me that. Because, you know, sometimes you you kind of emphasize and maybe God didn't really tell you, but you want to. So I don't tell people that. <laughs> but, but God told me something when I was having my devotions. It was like 5 or 5.30 in the morning. He clearly told me, you, you need to go down there for the entire filming. You need to go down there. And it was sitting on my chest, pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And it was like, okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad that I went because the couple of weeks that I was there, oh my gosh, I just learned so much. So that was the probably the most impactful thing. It was the second most impactful thing too, where God specifically told me, uh, and again, I don't really share this unless I absolutely know it was the Lord. Um, we were wondering where we're we going to do our filming. I thought we'd film in LA for our other films or I don't know, just some other state, some other city. It was the next day. The Lord clearly told me, you need to be filming all of your movies here in the Sacramento Placer County region. And it was like, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Okay. That's my answer. Mm, wow. I love that. Okay, my next question is, what was your favorite movie to watch when you were growing up? I loved, not to sound cliche-ish, but <laughs> Star, Star Wars was so impactful for me. I don't remember a whole lot from the past, you know, but when I was uh, oh, uh, 1977 or 78 when it came out, I remember going to the Del Oro Theater in Grass Valley with my parents watching that for the first time. And I was just incredibly blown away. I loved that film. I love the stormtroopers with the white outfits on, (laughs) you know, and I always wanted to buy one. I never got one, but that, that, I think that was really impactful to me. 
Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was uh, somebody who never saw Star Wars when I was a kid. And when I had kids, finally, I was like, okay, I guess we need to watch Star Wars. And so we we started uh, my husband and I a couple years ago, we started, you know, we started though with episode three, like the original. And, uh, and so then we like went worked, you know, I think we watched them in like chronological order that they came out. And, uh, yeah, so, but I was, I was late to the star Wars game, but I have now seen it. Uh, okay. but I remember for years people would be like, you haven't seen star Wars. And I'd be like, oh, sorry. Um, I still have never seen Lord of the Rings. So sure. save, okay. save your emails folks. Okay. okay. Next question is. If you had to eat the same meal for dinner every night, rest of your life, what would it be? As long as I wouldn't increase in weight. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no. That, that's all like out the window. Oh, yeah. Pepperoni and sausage pizza. I love round table. Yes. I, I just love round table pizza. So good. So good. Okay. And then my last question is the question that I ask all my guests, and that is, Robert, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? It means a lot. Because earlier on when I was running companies, it wasn't really for a purpose. It was really just to make money to pay the bills. I mean, that is a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. When I more have a deeper understanding what God really wants from me, I, I realize it's not about money. That's like, to me, that's like the last thing on the list. You know, I just want to do what I believe God wants me to do. And he'll bring the money in to pay the bills. I mean, he's done a great job with that, right? Now, we're definitely blessed to be able to produce these these films. And I'm so happy that we're doing social impact films because there's such a need for that, you know, with the sex trafficking, with the homeless, and uh, with the deaf community, and with the rescue dog community. So all these films are having purpose. And we have opportunities to share our faith. And uh, we'll just see where God takes these films to be able to make an impact on people's lives. Awesome. Robert, thank you so much for being here and thank you for sharing your story. And I am just cheering you on and I can't wait to see these um, incredible films that you're producing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I certainly do appreciate it. God bless you and uh, your whole family. I hope you loved this conversation with Robert. He is so inspirational and really just encouraged me that you just never give up on a dream that you have and know that God has put you in a place that you are supposed to be. Be sure to tune in next week where my guest is Carrie Heisey, the founder of Design for Joy. Carrie and I have actually known each other for, gosh, probably close to a decade at this point. And I was so excited to finally get her on the show to talk about her incredible nonprofit, Design for Joy, that makes some of the most beautiful bags and jewelry and home decor. Oh, you are going to love it. But most importantly, the stuff that Design for Joy is doing in our community is incredible. You're really going to love her. So be sure to tune in next week. I would love to know what you loved about this episode or if there was something that you learned. Let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to click that subscribe or follow button so you never miss a new episode of the show. And don't forget, coming up in a little over a month, this podcast is going to be rebranding. So don't worry if you're already subscribed, you will get the new podcast right in your feed like you do every single week. I'm so pumped about what is to come. You are going to just, you're going to flip. You're going to love it. Oh, I can't wait. As always, thank you to the team at Third Wheel Media for producing the show. And thank you for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.